Rifling through those long boxes and bagging those books. Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. This is the Cosmic Force Podcast. A Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Tyler Reganti, Emma Park, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cosmic Force. Tonight we talk War of the Bounty Hunter release and we do a deep dive into the man himself, Darth Vader, and his long history in comics. But first, let me go around the room and let me introduce all of the my hosts with me tonight and I will start where I always do with Emma. Emma, how are we doing tonight? Man, I am doing so, so good. War of the Bounty Hunters, am I right, guys? Like, I'm not going to spoil anything right here, but what a way to wake up this morning. And I didn't, I, f- I forgot to rate it on Goodreads this morning, but I'm going to tell you my rating right now. It's five stars. That This might be the most active we've had at both Slack and Discord since Darth Vader issue five last year. With, oh, for sure. The Handmaids. So, yes, very, very exciting. We will be talking about that uh, soon, but let me get over to our next host, our host that was just recently uh, visiting Batu. Caleb, how was your visit? Glad to see you have returned safely to this galaxy. Exactly. I'm glad to be back. I'm kind of starting my uh, my dark arc here, as you can see. So, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about Vader. Had a great time visiting the galaxy far, far away. It was it was a lot of fun. Whenever you get a chance, you should definitely go. But make sure you make your reservations like three months in advance. It's it's pretty brutal to get into the things you want to do. So my advice to you. So I'm going to ask you real quick. What was your job on Smuggler's Run? I was the left-right pilot, the one on the left, and it was it was a lot of fun. Smuggler's Run was definitely the highlight of that whole uh, arc and that whole trip. Ten out of ten. Like, it, there's something so magical if you've never done it. Um, you're essentially in the pilot seat of the Millennium Falcon, and there's a moment where the where it lights up and it says, "Okay, activate the hyperdrive," and you see the lever that they always press, and you have to reach out, grab it, and pull it down. And it's like at that moment, it it doesn't matter where you are in the fandom. This you are an absolute Star Wars you, fan at that. point. You are giving you me goosebumps just it. listening to that. That's how awesome that moment is. <laughs> it's great. It's great. All right, and our last host tonight, our producer, our newly engaged host, Jacob. Congratulations. Thank you. Yay, congratulations. Uh, a, thank you. It's been a very Poppers. busy weekend. I went home for the first time in a, a year and a half now, and uh was there for five days, and it felt like five weeks. I mean, engagement part was very fun, but um, when you haven't seen all your family in that long, it's uh, it can be a lot. So, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, before the show, uh, on a completely different tangent, we were talking about Star Tours and like the parks in general, and I pulled out my old... Uh, Star Tours Pass, this little like merchandise thing with my name on it that we <laughs> determined is, I think, probably older than Emma, if not as old as Emma, which makes me feel ancient. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's been it's been a fun little week. Uh, not surprising, I did not read a whole lot of comic books this last week, uh, but we'll get into that pretty soon. Yes. Yeah, it's been a busy week. Yeah, we, we're going to get to that in just a minute. But uh, first, before we do that, I want to welcome all of you in the chat joining us tonight. Uh, if you have are joining us for the first time, welcome. We are a Star Wars comics podcast that broadcasts live right here on YouTube.com slash Utini 
every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. If you can't join us live, that's perfectly fine. We have Our videos are up on the channel as almost as soon as we get done, and we're on all of your favorite pod- podcast platforms, so you can always check us out, check out the audio version of the podcast. We also have a um, Discord that you can find at, U- uh, at uteens.com, or excuse me, um, why do I always get to uteens.com slash discord? <laughs> I always get this the, this me- messed up. Um, where we have more than a thousand members with a dozens of channels. The comics channel has been very busy uh, t- tonight. Um, not talking about War of the Bounty Hunters, but talking about Gracchus um, and all <laughs> of the technology that he uses to make his love make his love happen faster. Um, if you want to be a part of part of those sorts of discussions, join us at uh, in the Discord and join over a thousand other positive-minded uh, Star Wars fans. Uh, and if you like what you see and you 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 want to participate, you want to. Uh, say thank you. You, you can jo- head over to our Patreon channel at patreon.com slash Utini, where for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire Utini podcast network, uh, as well as exclusive merch and community involvement um, things. So uh, tonight, um, we're going to get into the, the main course of the show is going to we're going to be talking about Darth Vader himself. Uh, how the va- how, how have has the villain become sort of an anti-hero uh, of late? But before we do that, let's get into our weekly pull list. And boy, do we have a big one, Jacob! What is on tap for everybody this week? There is one singular comic book out today, uh, but don't worry, uh, there might not be many. But it's very important you read this comic book. It is War of the Bounty Hunters number one, most wanted, written by uh, Charles Soule. Pencils by Luke Ross, uh, colors by Naraj Manan, inks from Rochelle Rosenberg, and cover by Steve McNiven and Frank De Armada, uh, with letters by Travis Lanham. Yeah, with as B Nasty says, with a thousand covers, I want to. I think the actual number was like around forty different covers for uh, War of the Bounty Hunters. Uh, so I don't know which one you got, but congratulations if you spent a lot of money on a variance like we all did. Uh, <laughs> Mike should know. Uh, yeah, if, so. if Mike were if Mike was in the chat, he'd be telling us exactly how many cover, variant right. covers there are. Right. So yeah, um, yeah, the link for that, the Comicsology link, is in the YouTube description right now. If you want to pick that up for yourself. Um, but yeah, uh, very very important comic book. We're not gonna spoil it tonight, obviously. But uh, I would read this definitely sooner rather than later. And surprisingly enough, I saw as uh, Kelly Knox on Twitter's like. You know, I haven't seen anyone spoil this yet. Like I haven't either. You know, like I like I'm so used to like so Disney good, Plus good shows. Good job to the wait. community. Yes. Yeah. I'm so used to like the Disney Plus shows and being like 9 a.m. Eastern Time Friday, and being like, "Yo, did you really love that moment from the show?" That I was like, I haven't had a chance to watch it. <laughs> it's like I don't want to be up at 3 a.m. and I have a job. But yeah, like no, surprisingly enough, no spoilers. But I would definitely read this before before it gets spoiled for you because it's it's gonna be everywhere. I would say within the next two or three days for sure. Like, and I'm so yeah. impressed with um, the Star Wars community for not spoiling it, but also our Discord community as a whole. Like, literally everybody was so good with spoiler tags. We didn't have to uh, correct anybody or remind anybody to use spoiler tags. Everybody was so good about it. So thank you guys. It made it a very fun experience to hang out there and, and chat all about it. Yeah, and yeah, I don't think I've seen a discussion even on like our internal Slack channel about any about amount of comic news as much as this one. It, everyone on the whole team, not just the four of us, but throughout the whole U team, is like, oh wow, this is this is gonna be something special. Yeah, to to, to watch it roll in 
over over the course of the day. I mean, you had Jacob. I think you, me, and Eric were in there like right from the beginning of the day, um, and then more and more comments just kept happening in in that thread. And, yeah, and the cool part was it wasn't even team members that normally read comic books. Where it's like, hey, everyone, like you need to read this. Like, I don't care if you're a big comics fan, go read. And that's something we're actually talking about how to quickly get into this if you're not all caught up. But yeah, it's like, go read the alpha, go read this, and it's well worth your time. And seeing all the, the you know, the people that normally just do novels come in and react to this was so fun. So yeah, that's something we want to talk about was the easy way to read this. And look, there's a lot of stuff. If you want to read it all, here's every book there is. It's a lot. You don't have to do that, though. Um, and what, yeah, this is the complete, yeah. this is the completionist's uh, list right here. Um, it's got all of the preludes. It's got all of the one-offs. It's got the main titles, or excuse me, it's got the main War of the Bounty Hunter storyline. This is what the omnibus is ultimately going to include. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, we have we have the great these great series pages, which I honestly kind of forgot about on on the Utini website. We have one for the War of the Bounty Hunters crossover event, and it shows all, of, all. Well, it doesn't have every cover because not every cover has been announced yet. But all the covers that we know of in the series here up in this top left with Boba Fett, you got the Alpha. That is definitely a, a, I would, I honestly think if you didn't want to, you could even get away without reading this because they kind of set up the premise in the issue number one. But I think it's worth your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can honestly skip all the preludes and just hop in with the War of the Bounty Hunters number one if that's what you want. Yeah. If you, yeah, it's like, it's and- like the High Republic. You can read all the adult novels and have a complete story. Or you can read every insider edition or insider uh, short story and comic book and novel and middle age novel. And it, it, yeah, you're going to have a great time, but you don't have to if you don't want to. Yeah, I, I like that comparison to The Higher Public because it's very apt. Like, you know, with The Higher Public, if you read like Light of the Jedi and then you read Rising Storm, like you're, you're going to get that the meat of the story and if you read just war of the bounty hunters the alpha and one through i think five maybe you're you're gonna get a really awesome story just in itself but if you want if you're if you like that extra stuff reading the preludes and and all the tie-ins um really really makes it uh feel more alive even absolutely and we i think this is yeah go ahead we're a comics podcast, so we're we're obviously going to encourage you to read comics. But it, it, I I do want to take a take a one minute to re- to really be serious about what happened in this comic. If you read the books, if you enjoy the greater Star Wars universe, I highly encourage you to at least pick this issue up. I'm not we're not going to spoil it tonight, um, but there is some some EU changing events i don't i I don't think i'm i don't think i'm being too much of a hype of a hype person when i say that that there are some some eu changing events that have occurred in this issue that if you like the way that the rest of the eu has expanded that you are going to want to pick this up because this is going to be a real moment in time that is really going to change things moving forward yeah i think this is probably the biggest like must read comic book since maybe rise of kylo ren like i mean as far as like trying to expand the story, like obviously we're gonna tell you to read Dark Lord of the Sith. We'll tell you to read all these other great books, but for something I think that's like quintessential and like really important to the overall like story of Star Wars, I think this is shaping up to be that. Yes, I think this is going to be like the biggest like crossover event of 
Star Wars history. So it'd be very tough to top what they're going for with this yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. Tyler's not leading you down a wrong path. He's not trying to hype it up just for the sake of hyping it up. Like all of that is 100% true. And I think once you read it, um, you just have this feeling like this is huge. This is like galaxy changing and it's just huge. Like I, I don't even know how to describe it. Honestly, it's it's just so exciting. Like I, I hope that I hope that you can uh, hear in our voices how like happy we are with what happened and and just how how exciting it is. It's it's just pure joy uh, from reading it for sure. Yes, and and I, I think our last word is when you do get around to reading it, be as kind as the rest of the community has been. And, and make sure you, you, you tag it. If you come to our Discord and you talk about it, make sure you tag it. Um, make sure that you, uh, you, you are, are, are nice to everybody and let everybody really experience this moment because it's a really cool moment. Um, but that's all we're going to talk about for, for, for this week. I'm sure there will, there will be more to, to come in the weeks, in the, weeks to, in the future. But we're going to go ahead and we're going to switch over now to what we are loving this week. And my uh, pick of the week for my art of the week actually is from... Very fittingly, Darth Vader number one. Um, this was the 2015 edition. Uh, art by Salvador LaRocca. The colorist was Edgar Delgado. And of course, this is the version that was written by Karen Gillian. Um, I just loved this. This I, I love the, the, the ships of Star Wars. And, and, and to see and what I really enjoy about the comics is being able to see them in in situations where you don't normally see them. You know, you can't get a still shot like this uh, in, in a movie uh, or, or a TV show. And so to just see uh, Vader's TIE advance coming through a, a, a cloud is just, it was just a really awesome moment. And Vader's just such a cool character. And we're, but we're going to get into that uh, towards, you know, as, as we get into the main show. Uh, but yeah, great piece of art. Uh, so Emma, what do you have for us this, this week? Yeah, so my art is from the Age of Rebellion Grand Moff, Grand Moff Tarkin, excuse me, number one, uh, titled Tooth and Claw. It's kind of a mouthful, uh, with art by Mark Lamming. And honestly, I'm not a huge Tarkin fan. I didn't really like his book. I didn't really like his attitude <laughs> in episode four. However, this issue kind of made me like him more, and it made me see him like okay, this dude can throw a punch? Like, wow. You know, he, he can he can really get, like, down and dirty when it comes to um, sort of inspiring his people, I suppose. And, I mean, in this art right here, he looks so, like, athletic and buff. And when I think of Tarkin, I don't think of him like that. Uh, but, yeah, he, he can uh, he can throw a mean, a mean uh, right hook. So, um or as they call it in the comics, a mean Leia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he does a, a pretty good Leia, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, that's my art of the week. Um, Caleb, what is your art of the week? What is my art of the week? Oh yes, I was reading. Um, this one was comes from Shadows of the Empire. Uh, I think this is from issue one. You know, normally I go for like really fun like page layouts and different generations. I don't know. Just something about this one really stuck out to me. This is the Slave One, uh, Boba Fett's you know, epic ship. I just love the the weird angle on it. I love the detailing of it. You know, I see some right above Tatooine. Just anytime you can get some really nice technical detail on a cool thing like the ship of Slave One, I was really, that, that really just stuck out to me. So this is, um I don't know, just watching Slave One operate. It's 
the one Lego set I think I always really wanted. I have Jango Fett's version of Slate 1, but I haven't ever gotten Boba Fett's version, so maybe one of these years. Yep. Uh, Jacob, what about you? What have you been watching? Yeah, so this is from the uh, Boba Fett Age of Rebellion issue, and I don't know. I guess it also fitting because uh, we're the bounty hunters this week, but really cool uh, just story of him in Tatooine, kind of like serving justice, I suppose. Uh, and yeah, I don't know, just a really cool panel. Looks looks great. A great action shot of him coming down on this, uh, I think it was another bounty hunter, I believe. Um, some some criminal or mischievous or something like that, but looked cool. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I swear, I think Boba Fett kills more fellow bounty hunters <laughs> than he does actual bounties, you know? I mean, that's probably true. Well, I mean, there, if he gets paid extra for his bounties being alive, then, you know, it makes sense. Exactly. Um, and then we have the, now the community uh, art of the week, right? And this one comes from our very own Blind Fates. I don't think he's in the chat today, but uh, this comes from the original uh, Star Wars run, issue number 49. And... Kind of similar to mine, it's just a really fun shot of a Y-Wing, and it really has that old, like, sep- like late 70s, early 80s sort of art style with, like, these sharp, vibrant colors and, like, these weird detailing and, you know, aesthetics. I don't know, and just the font of The Last Jedi there at the bottom, it's such a, you know, wild sort of, you know, Space Arabian Nights sort of thing going. It's just a really fun shot, and we went back and forth a little bit, but I think we decided on this one just because of how different and wild it looks. So, thank you, Blind Fates. You know, reach out to us, and we'll get you that comics code. And if you want to be uh, featured on next week's episode, be sure to hit us up on our Discord, on our Twitter, or just, you know, directly tweet at us, you know, on any of our personal handles, and we'll do our best to get you featured. Yeah, I love that art right there. We never really get anything from the... Uh, much older comics it's usually recent canon stuff or kind of later legend stuff so um it was really cool to see that submission thank you blind fates yeah that's what that's what mm. won it over for me too was i think he called out the metal text of the heavy metal text mm, yeah. of, of the last jedi mm. um yeah that was a great submission really really appreciate the deep dive into the vault there um so now we're going to talk about what we're reading, uh, and and I think that everybody is. It, this is probably going to be a short short segment because I think we're all reading the same thing, um, <laughs> and that's War of the Bounty Hunters. I mean, I've got my versions here. Uh, I've got all all three of my 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 variant covers. I've got the main one there, and then of course I've got one of the alternate variants there, and then my favorite um, because June is Pride Month. We've got our our girl Dr. Afra right there on the cover. Uh, as well there so um, make sure you pick yours up I, again I, we, we can't speak enough as to how awesome that book is uh, and that's pretty much all I've been reading from a comics perspective uh, I've been reading a couple of novels finishing a couple of novels and doing some some research on some future future content but uh, that's it for for me on reading uh, Emma uh, what are you reading other than War of the Bounty Hunters I can't believe you just showed us the wraparound cover and only showed the front first of all Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. So, so we'll do that. Well, I'll show the full, the full cover there. Oh wow! Ooh, there yeah. it is. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's got. <laughs> uh, I, I, I apologize for not giving you the full that 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 full look there. Even though it's half of it was missing, I feel like we were missing seventy five percent of that whole like, <laughs> artwork. You know. Yeah, like a majority of the of the story that that whole art piece was telling. Yeah. Um, so I have been reading Shadows of the Empire for an upcoming uh, yeah, crossover that we talked about last time. I've read, uh, yes, major crossover. Um, 
So I've read uh, both the comics uh, uh, arcs, I guess, and I've also started the book. I'm about 55 pages or so into that. It's an interesting experience, and I won't share any of my thoughts on it until the crossover. Um, and of course, I read War of the Bounty Hunters. That goes without saying. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I've been reading this week. Uh, Caleb, how about you? Um, I've been gearing up for this episode, so of course, War of the Bounty Hunters, just to keep that trend alive. But I've also been going back through some miscellaneous Vader series, like Vader's Quest from 99, and the more recent Dark Visions. Just a lot of like little miscellaneous things to you know, whet my appetite for tonight's episode and make sure I got all my talking points in order. So, you know, nothing too crazy there, just keeping my uh, feet wet, as it were. Jacob, what about you? Yeah, so like I said earlier, I did very little reading this week. Uh, like, I brought, when I went home, I brought Alphabet Squadron, which I had started back in February. And I felt ambitious, so I also brought Shadowfall, and I then proceeded to read a single chapter of Alphabet Squadron. So I definitely <laughs> did not need to pack both those books. Um, but I also, I finally uh, caught up with the Insider short stories. I hadn't read either Kevin Scott's uh past two stories so i caught up on those so i'm now back to having read every piece of released high republic content so far so trying to keep on top of that and speaking of high republic i did finally get my mike mayhew uh number five variant with stellan geos i thought it looked great this is my first mayhew variant so i was excited to pick Man, that, up that is well. so oh my god it's gorgeous <laughs> and I th- I thought I was done uh, picking up variants, but then I just bought another one today. So we always say we're done collecting was- things, and then that's <laughs> never true. You know, I I could say that I'm done no. buying Funkos or I'm done buying Black Series. That'll never happen. It just it just won't. So stop telling yourself that. <laughs> yeah, a- Emma Emma, the Black Series is on you this time because I had <laughs> said no to to Rex, and then you went ahead and and told everybody, hey, by the way, this Rex is really popular. You should pick it up. You're welcome. Hello. Okay. So, this week we're going to be doing a deep, deep dive on everyone's favorite Imperial. Not Moff Tarkin, apparently, but uh, (laughs) Darth Vader. So, you know, Darth Vader has had a very long and interesting um, kind of arc throughout comics. Not only is he, you know, the media of film's greatest villain, but that transfers over to the comics whenever he appeared in the early ones but recently we've gotten a lot of really good like vader specific issues so we want to take some time to talk about that can't do some deep dives have a real fun discussion about all that sort of thing so let's kind of start with a grand like big picture here of why is vader in comics you know is he good enough to be a real protagonist i mean he's such a wrecking ball you know why bother making features you know about vader you know what about you crew why do you think vader should be a star of comics for me when i was thinking about this question it all comes down to what do we have time to see of him in the movies in terms of his inner emotions his inner struggles we never get to see any of that in the films or even in any TV shows that he appears in. And the comics are the perfect place to do that. And somehow, uh, even though comics is a, a very visual medium, it's like, and, and Vader has no facial expressions, obviously, yet you can still very much gather what Vader is feeling and thinking and going through. And he makes such an emotional sort of, journey in his mind you know 
from the outset, how he presents himself, he's mean and menacing, but really on the inside, he's struggling. And he's struggling with the pull to the light and sort of his relationship with the emperor and his feelings about Luke and all of that. So we get to see him struggling here when in the movies, he, you know, up until the end, I guess, uh, of episode six, we kind of see him as this like unbreakable, unstoppable villain. And in the comics, he's not. And I think that's what makes him very interesting. I remember a comment that um, I believe George Lucas made when he was when he was we, we were in in the prequel era, um, and he basically kind of said that this is I mean it, it's called the Skywalker saga for a reason, and and, and those first six movies, it, it really wasn't about Luke as it was obviously about Luke and Leia and 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 everything, but it, but Anakin and and as B Nasty I think said in the chat the man within the man. Uh, it, the, it, within the man, I mean, it's there's a lot of conflict in 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 this character, and, and it's really uh, you know a, a fascinating yeah, story. Absolutely, but you know, as they like to say in some mediums, you know, less is more, and you know, I feel like with this mass amount of, as I said, Darth Vader comics in the last five years, we've gotten what no less than four like specific series about him. Like, do we is less more? Do we feel like we're kind of cheapening Vader the more we get to see him? Is he as scary now as he was when we the fourteen minutes of screen time he got in the first movie? I don't think it's cheapening uh, per se. Uh, like I definitely think we need more of him. Just it, you know, everyone is always scared of him in the movies, but seeing what he's been doing in in the past, you know, fifteen years of of the timeline shows why he's such a menacing figure and why everyone is afraid of him. It's like thinking of uh, I mentioned. I think it was my art week last week was uh, Dark Visions number two or four the one where the the dude flies the ship through the space slug it's like that was number yeah two. there's a reason that there people are going to these lengths to try and get away from him how you know he's this he's a monster of a man or a machine or whatever and i think it's building you know star wars is modern mythology in a way i think it's building on the the mythology of darth vader and his stories and his quests throughout the 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 galaxy i think it's i think it's a story story worth telling and as long as we're getting good stories, I don't think it cheapens Darth Vader. You know, I, I think, you know, if you if you throw in, yeah, if you throw in Charles Soule's Darth Vader, as much as we love to talk about that, I don't think that's going to take away from the Darth Vader you saw in 1977. Yeah, I, I agree with right. that. Like, it, it's, um, I personally find an emotionally unstable Vader, which is what we see in the comics, more scary than the like stoic, no emotions, no feelings, just a, a wrecking ball Vader. So, you know, I think that absolutely, you know, I, I want to see even more Vader. And I never thought I'd ever say that, honestly. I mean, I had all of these Vader comics waiting for me because I, I just put them off to the side. I was like, eh, what, what could they do with our Vader? Boy, was I wrong. And like, you know, they... They use him in such good ways to propel a story, but also I feel like I, I learn more about him after each time I read something with him in it. So th that's always really great to see, I think. Nice. You know, you know, so another thing is, you know, Vader is kind of capitalized. He's the villain, like the capital V villain. Um, do we like... We've been doing anti-hero stories for a long time and villain stories. Do we, what about that? Do you think he is too evil to read a story? Like, 
he does some really bad things in these comics. Do you ever feel uncomfortable with all the like villainy going on here? I feel more uncomfortable mm. with how he's treated by Palpatine than with anything that he actually does himself. And 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 maybe that's just because I know I, I've I've been with this character with with Vader for you know h- however many years he's been around, but that's saying something when arguably the greatest villain in all of 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 movie history and i feel sorry for how he's being treated by and manipulated by by somebody that's that's saying something about a character uh, and how and, how the and he, it's also great. also kind of a good sort of um counter because we also have this mainline star wars series with you know luke and han and leia and let's face it they're all goody two-shoes they all do the good thing and save the day and you are heroic all the time so it's kind of a nice change of pace yeah, going back to what Tyler said about the Emperor, I think it's very similar to how the I mean the original trilogy came out because you 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 watch episode four and he's like Darth Vader is the baddest dude ever and nothing could be worse than that and then you watch Empire Strikes Back it's like whoa there's a dude that Darth Vader answers to and like a guy that's evil and worse than Darth Vader and that's the Emperor and seeing that you know that personified in this comic books is it's pretty great and it. I, it kind of reminds me of like you know that like a cycle of abuse kind of type story where pa- Emperor Palpatine is awful to Vader and teach and strengthens them in the dark side and then Vader's awful to literally everyone else in the galaxy that's not named Luke Skywalker but even then he's still sometimes pretty awful to Luke Skywalker so yeah I think it's I think it's a pretty interesting relationship that we see a lot more of it, it, it adds weight i think to the throne room scene in the end of uh return of the jedi seeing the interactions between those two exactly kind of for like not to cheapen anything but it's an abusive relationship and darth vader just can't seem to get out of it yeah and i feel like that relationship almost makes him more evil like like he's in such pain you know he wants it's like anakin is in there somewhere and he's dying to get out so that pain is is forcing him to do evil things and then on top of that his you know like you said Caleb frankly abusive relationship between him and the emperor also makes him do horrible things because if he doesn't do these horrible things then things with the emperor uh, the emperor are just going to get worse and so i feel like that sort of adds on to his villainy and almost gives it like not an excuse because it's still like horrible the things he does but it gives it a reasoning and i think that's helpful to know the reasoning behind that exactly i mean it's almost like this weird sort of thing where we see him try and struggle so hard to stay alive and keep living despite all the terrible things that are thrown at him even though it might be easier for him to almost give up but he always powers through and survives these things just so he can suffer more yeah exactly so another you know, little debate topic I put down here is talking about Darth Vader as a protagonist. You know, it's not something we see him do too much, but like in the series, he is the right hand of the Emperor. He is in charge of the entire galaxy. D- does that ever, do you think, lessen some of these plots of like, how does he going to get out of this one? Well, he has, you know, 10 million stormtroopers to throw at that problem. So how do you guys feel like writers have solved that? Do you feel like that's ever been an issue you guys were thinking about honestly no because because i feel like his relationship with the emperor is so unstable that the emperor could just pull the plug on those resources at any moment i don't i don't and And he he has has. he has in the in the recent um uh sure uh 2020 series I, i remember like he was kind of out on his own and the emperor even sent uh someone to challenge him um ochi of bestoon and 
you know, so I, I don't ever feel like he has too much on his side. At the same time, you know, he is like a one-man wrecking machine. So mm-hmm. while he does have these resources at his disposal, they could totally be taken away at any time. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, it's like seeing... Even, I think, uh, another great example of the resources being taken away is, like, basically the entire Vader 2015 series is him Mm. trying to claw back to be in the Emperor's Good Graces, basically building all these resources on his own. I mean, he does need them to a certain extent, but, you know, anytime he's going into an encounter, he's still still the guy leading the charge. He's still the one, the, the main physical force. There are just some things that you can't solve with a lightsaber. And that's that's where the 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 you know the strategy, the resources of the empire and the resources he builds with Doctor Aphra come in handy, but yeah, I, it's it's Darth Vader. I mean, it's, what can he handle honestly at that point? It's it's interesting you bring that up because I haven't read that art that that whole series all the way through yet. I'm I'm only up to the I haven't touched the Vader down uh, trade paperback, but that's the one I'm having the most issue or issue with getting involved in and, and liking and it's for that exact reason like he this is darth vader here and he's basically some errand boy who needs to be checked up on in this art in in, in this title and it's it's not gelling with the darth vader that i know and and i mean i do really enjoy uh inspector thanoth uh, uh who, who's in that but i think that that's why I haven't really enjoyed that comic as much as I enjoyed the the the, the Charles Soul because Charles Soul writes him as he, he's lost in Charles Soul's book, but he's not without his power. He can still bar you know go through that fight um, with to, to get his lightsaber back, and and he can still uh, you know use outdated and 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 an ancient technology like like was pointed out in in Darth Vader 2020 uh for his suit to be ultra powerful and and it's just it's it's so interesting how many different ways that he has been shown in these comics um to be brought down a little bit by 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 Palpatine whether it's the technology whether it's the errands or or whatever it is um, that make him so have to overcome something that really you'd think he'd be able to overcome. Yeah, like one thing that you mentioned that I want to bring up into Charles Soule's thing is we didn't kind of see him be put in charge of the Inquisitors in 2017's, you know, Dark Lord of Sith. And for lack of a better term, it was kind of, I felt like Palpatine was kind of like giving his child, like, let's give you one toy and see how well you treat it before I get you. Oh, you chopped off all their limbs. Oh, Okay. Like he, like he was given in charge of the Inquisitors, and we definitely saw how badly he put his screws to them. Essentially, you know. Yeah, going back to yeah, what what Tyler said about you know all the obstacles have that have to be thrown in front of the Vader. And I get I hadn't thought about this until now, but he's really kind of the bad guy equivalent of Superman storytelling, where throwing the big strong dude at Superman isn't a good story because they just punch each other forever, sure. and you know Superman's gonna win. You have to throw non-physical threats at at superman to make like to make it a good story and that's the same thing with darth vader i can't throw like a rebel army at him because he's gonna blow up all their grenades and kill them all in one second you have to you have to find other ways to challenge vader as a character to tell a good story and i think that's what a lot of the authors have done i like yeah the 2015 series about is about him trying to get back in the emperor's good graces and working behind the scenes and 
trying to build an army of resources. And then the 2017 series is him finding his way in this new galaxy and struggling with his past. And the 2020 series is kind of a little bit of a blend of the two, honestly, in that way. So I think, yeah, it's, it's like Superman. If Yeah, no one cared. Like, Doomsday is a crappy villain <laughs> in all the ways that, you know, like, Lex Luthor is not. And because of the way we know how Vader's story ends, you can't introduce a Doomsday, a Star Wars Doomsday, because yeah. he he has to. We know where how that story ends, and we know where he has to get to. So, yeah, you can kind of sort of bring up, uh, you know, different intellectual, you know, uh, adversaries, but somebody as big as a as a Doomsday. Well, why didn't they make it into the? Why didn't they make it into a novel? Why didn't they make it into a movie? Why didn't they make it in somewhere else? Why are we only learning about him now? So it's really it's a that's a really good point that you make is that he's 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 the the Star Wars equivalent of of, of Superman. You know, you've even had an entire arc about his uh, Fortress of Solitude. That's true. <laughs> that was a good arc. Um, now another thing that uh, Emma I think talked about a little earlier is. It's hard, like, Darth Vader's expression will never change because of the mask. and But we still get, like, you know, some flashes of emotion on his, from his countenance and all like that. You know, it's hard, you know, the whole point about media and books and movies and all like that is to feel human emotion. Meanwhile, the only thing we can get off of Vader is, like, fear, you know, for him, you know, fear about him and, like, anger from him. Like, do we think that there's ever been an opportunity where it's like, you know, his lack of expression has lessened some of these arcs here? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that there are other ways that the creators of the comics can get around that problem using uh, colors, for instance, um, to express emotions. It's kind of like, it's kind of like C-3PO, right? Like he's got to express a lot of emotions throughout the movies without changing his face. And that's why, you know, Anthony Daniels had the, you know, the special movements for him. And you, you could really tell his emotions just by the way that Anthony Daniels was moving. And I think it's similar to Vader. Like, you can tell by the way that he's holding himself, by the way that his head is tilted. You can really understand what he's going through at that moment. Even if his, you know, we can't see his face moving around or his, you know, expression changing at all. I, I don't think, I don't think it's held it back in the least bit. In fact, I think maybe even that element of mystery, like, okay, I kind of wonder if he's feeling anger here. Maybe he's not, though. Maybe he's, like, feeling another emotion. I feel like that mystery kind of adds on to the allure of these stories. Yeah, I think something. Exactly. Just like this panel that Exactly, right yeah, here. with the shadows, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think something that's like a hack that all Star Wars artists have been doing with Vader is if if there's a moment that he has to feel emotion and you're trying to convey it, you have character B say a line, then a panel of Darth <laughs> Vader just staring, and then a panel punched in of just his face and him saying a line, and then that is you just like, oh yeah, I can kind of infer what he's feeling. He paused there, and his emotions like he has some sort of emotional reaction. You know, if we're asking about Luke Skywalker, he's not just gonna be like, let's go kill him. There, there's a time for him to think and reflect and you kind of read between the lines and figure out what he's trying to think. And I, I, I feel like I've seen that visual, that visual setup used a lot between all of his different books. And there have Absolutely. been different ways that 
he does have a helmet and his helmet looks the same but i i have noticed there are certain times when the angles are drawn are, are drawn just a bit different the 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 eyebrow of 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 his helmet is is a little bit more angular to give him a little bit more of of a of a angry look or 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 maybe they're a little flatter to give him a more to 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 give a little bit more of a softer look for for times that that it's needed and 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 there are there are very very little subtle nuances that that the artists have and colorists uh, are able to put in there that can can still deliver that little bit of emotion without completely changing the fact that his helmet is technically not able to emote anything nice now to move on to a new subject uh something that we relate to there you know you talked about how we have darth vader says something and didn't our uh, cash off him then we go to like the b character and that's one thing that's very consistent throughout all these darth vader arcs is he has some sort of b character some sort of sidekick and that's you know a classic sort of writing trope because darth vader is a practically silent protagonist you won't we will not see if he was alone in a scene and no one else to bounce off of him. We'd have no idea what's going on nine times out of ten. So we need someone else to kind of guide along and talk out loud and you know talk about the plot essentially. And he's had a lot of those, and because they tend to die very very quickly. So what are some of our favorite you know characters from the arcs, excluding Doctor Afra? We can't obviously we can't <laughs> do that. He she was the best, but got to move on. What about some of the other ones there? Yeah, I mean, you've you given us a great list to pick from. I'm gonna go uh, Z six seven. I think he's he's witty. It's the droid from the the twenty seven or twenty twenty issue, I believe, the beginning of it. I hated him. He sucked. I hated oh, him. Oh, I think <laughs> he was the worst. Oh wow, wow. I thought he, he was, was the worst. I thought he was like the worst, cracking and funny, and like a bit morose, like kind of like a bit of a toned down like triple zero or HK forty seven in a way. And I, I like I the, the I like the droids that you know, you that you don't have to take too seriously, like C three PO can be a little bit of a drag for me sometimes. I know he's supposed to be the butt of the joke, but it doesn't always land for me. I I like droids that are a little just more directly ridiculous at times. So I I, I found him fun. I I thought Zed almost ruined that art wow. for me personally. <laughs> I thought it was terrible. Strong opinion um, over there. <laughs> Really? really? Yes. Really. Yeah. Emma, do you have on, a pick yet? Be nasty's on Jacob's side. He says he loved him. He had no fear of Vader over there in the chat. True. But that's because he's a droid and droid lies are cheap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my pick is Inspector Thanoth. And, and the reason why is because Great pick. he is just such oh, an yeah. opposite of Vader. Like, Vader is dark and yeah. broody and... Uh, and Inspector Thanoff, he's kind of like proper. He's like the human version of C-3PO in my mind, like how I read him. Um, and he kind of wants to you know, follow the rules. He thinks what Vader's doing is crazy. And I just love their rapport together. And, and something about him, like with his monocle and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I just, I love his character. Yeah. One thing that Thanoff was, was very, very like, took a lot of pages from and what I saw was... um. Sherlock mm, Holmes. Yeah. He was like the galaxy's Sherlock Holmes, and they paired with Vader, and that was such a great sort of thing of like seeing him slowly piece the things together behind Vader's back, and like seeing like, ooh, this is a ticking time bomb. But we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But yeah, Thanoff was a really fun character. It was fun to see like Sherlock Holmes in space. Sure. 
Well, and what made what also added to Thanos was his introduction coming right on the heels of another ins- another person in that in that role who was like overly critical. And now there was reasons why he was overly critical, so I'm not gonna I'm not necessarily gonna spoil that. But he was Vader couldn't, for lack of a better term, blink without him asking a question. And then to have Thanos come on the heels of that and 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 have the interactions that he did i think adds to to thanos uh you know complimenting of 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 vader's personality uh in 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 that story um thanos of that was actually going to be my pick and i was like you know what just in case that somebody else somebody else uh goes with this because uh, i actually am going to select darth moment that's a good um, one because mm-hmm. if going back to the superman stories if there was a a, a doomsday like character, it, it it I feel like that was a storyline that really portrayed that, um, where he he was this all powerful um, Sith. I don't really think I mean I mean he has a Darth name, so I guess so. so yeah, I he guess was a Sith. He, he he was he was a Sith. Yes, um, but that was just just how he they communicated um and 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 the irony of that that the helmet to helmet and that whole story arc uh, of built around Vader's fortress is that was such a memorable arc of that line now, uh, for me yeah now now Tyler I would say that was I would agree but I thought more that if we're talking Superman references he's almost more like a Mr. Metroplex sort of thing sure. like yeah, almost okay. more of a trickster sort mm-hmm. of uh counter to uh vader's direct brute force they did have a drag out fight which was cool but like him trying to lead vader on and you know, deceive him into giving him more power i, c- I can definitely see the the mr plex mr plexic my one of my buddies who's a, yeah yeah who <laughs> is a huge who is a huge star wars nerd he he are a superman nerd he would he would be cursing me right now for not being able to under, uh, pronounce that name but yeah i can totally see that 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 manipulation and and i'm doing this for you i'm making you think that this is really this is something for you but in reality i'm getting the 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 huge advantage here and i'm waiting to spring my trap yeah i i love that analogy yeah you know, I wrote down a couple other ones. This is not like a comprehensive list of what I have left. Like, there's kind of two that stick out. Orichia Bastoon. That was a kind of a fun character to see, like actual in comics. Now, I felt like they downplayed him, and like he became a little bit too much of a punching bag towards the end, which was again kind of like a. It's good to see Vader have like you know someone you know quaking in fear of him all the time but the uh, i felt like his decline as the like story went on was a little much and then another fun one was the uh, ninth sister he was with her for a couple of issues and just seeing someone who's kind of not afraid of being chopped up by vader because she already was chopped up by vader you know in the series that was kind of like a fun someone you know willing to stand up and you know stare him in the eyes as it were and not really follow his orders because she knows she's just a little too valuable to force choke out right you know so that was those would be my picks i think would be the ninth sister yeah that's a good pick all of that reminds i just i love the rebels tie-ins in that arc as well as uh, tie-ins to Jedi Fallen Order, too. I, I just thought it was so cool mm-hmm. to see how uh, the Inquisitorius was sort of um, built from the ground up, and I didn't realize before how much involvement Vader had in it, so that was a, a really cool thing to see in the comics. Absolutely. 
So, yeah, those now that we've talked about our, some of our favorite characters, if we don't mind going into some spoiler territory, which were your favorite to see die? And I will say, go ahead and say this. Zed 67's uh, death was the greatest moment. Just like, if you haven't read it, like, I, I well, for one, watching that character die was great. But for two, like, the way he died, you know, he was looking on as like, huh, Padme kept, in these recordings, kept seeing this person, Obi-Wan, they must have been close. And just like that instant, like, seeing Vader, like, say, take no shit on that. That was amazing. I loved that. Yeah, I mean, of course. I, I'm not even going to lie to anyone i don't remember any of these characters deaths so <laughs> i'm just gonna leave it at that <laughs> that's fine I, I did look one up to confirm uh what, what what i thought which was ninth sister's death uh which happens in jedi fallen order which means i got to do it which felt pretty cool because <laughs> that, that was the fight that cal had like at the top of the oh, oh on kashik yeah yeah on kashik well I thought you chopped off her like arm or something, and she fell off the tree. Which you know, yeah, Star Wars we all know what that means. Probably still alive. Um, yeah, but you got you got to yeah, force her the off the tree, though, right? So, so yeah. that counts. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, yeah, I'm responsible for her assumed death. We'll go, we'll go with that, <laughs> which was pretty dope. So, yeah, we're, we're, I'm going with that one. That's a good one. I'm sticking with my man Darth 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 moment because, like I said, the. What was the result of that and having that full Sith power and having and 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 everything that ha- that that occurs there uh, at at Vader's castle and then how he kind of that the the, the sort of finality uh, to to that story and to that arc and to that character really really just kind of made uh, you know gave an, just another one of the laundry list of of badass moments that Vader had that's that's that was still is you know he's he's a great character and he was a great adversary for Vader um i would actually Absolutely. like to amend my answer and i totally didn't just look this Uh-oh. up uh not at all um <laughs> <laughs> i remember that thanoth's death was uh a little jarring oh yeah and now that i've looked it up it it all came back to me so uh, thanoth was the one that told vader where to find Dr. Afra, and because Darth Vader wanted that, it wanted nobody to know about his association with Dr. Afra, he just killed him. And I think the tragic thing is, like, Thanos was like, yeah, I understand exactly why you're doing this, and I kind of agree. Yeah, so yeah. and that's what I love about his character. <laughs> I can't I was like, too like smart. He, he, just, he just accepts it. He doesn't even care. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'd probably do the same if I were you. <laughs> <sighs> now, speaking of camp, jump boarding off of this one i know we're kind of moving around a little quickly but that is one thing that's kind of interesting and we touched on a little bit what is darth vader within the empire and we know he's the dark lord the sith you know the emperor's right hand but it seems like everywhere he goes like everyone's like no one seems to consider him a superior officer they just seem to be like this is like the district district manager and he will fire you just for like looking at him wrong sort of thing it's like he's part he's the head of the empire but he's not a part of it wouldn't you agree yeah i would he's like he's, he's like, above 100%. everybody else kind of like it reminds me of um that clip from battlefront 2 where like you know uh the inferno squad sort of lands on Endor and they're like, uh, uh, you know, we didn't ask for special forces or whatever. And they, they come in all like, you know, confident in their abilities and stuff. And that, that's what it kind of reminds me of. Like Vader is above everybody else except for the emperor. And, but at the same time, nobody kind of recognizes his, 
authority until he gets all threatening. Or knows what he does. Exactly. There's a lot of mystery surrounding him. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody knows. And everybody's terrified of him. But at the same time, it's like nobody sees him as their commanding officer. Like, you know, you would think that this guy who could choke you through uh, a Zoom call, you know, you'd want to be a little scared (laughs) of, you know, and and you'd want to listen to what he says. They're all scared of him. And he's almost like a counter to the Grand Moth Tarkin. Like, I feel like Tarkin is the sort of leader that the Emperor, the Empire needed mm. to, like, oversee everything and be, like, the central point of the pyramid. Meanwhile, Darth Vader is just this, like, weird satellite that's orbiting around, like, you know, blasting things that are sticking out too much. Well, and I also find it really interesting because the the front linesmen of the, uh, of the Imperial machine are scared of him. But the brass, the general tags, the Tarkins, the uh, you know all the other uh, you know upper echelon people, almost kind of seemed annoyed by him and and really do not respect him at all. Uh, and and it, it's a really interesting. We know how powerful he is, and we know that he could just, you know, especially with General Tag, you know, you'd think that he'd be able to just force choke him to death, you know, realize that he needs to take this guy seriously. But I, I don't know if it's a, you know, their military, their their blindness and their their military, you know, selfishness. But they all seem to to not only not respect him, but revel in constantly making him seem small. I that's one thing like in the, the big boardroom scene in episode four, like, you know, where Vader's like just kind of stalking around and for, starts force choking that one guy who spoke out too much. And then um, Moth Tarkin like talks him down, like, stop it, Vader, don't actually kill him. But then after Tarkin dies, Vader, like throughout the rest of the future films, just keeps choking people out. So it seems like there was almost like a limiter there, like Moth Tarkin was and there's enough people like keeping an eye on Vader, like don't go too far. But once that was taken out of the picture, suddenly Vader could be like, I have no consequences for my actions. Yeah. I think part of that is it's part of the, that relationship comes from the fact that he is, you know, all these military people have been trained in to, to do things by the book and Vader's just so outside of what their norm is. And he's able to take out a, you know, a frontline stormtrooper because there are billions of frontline stormtroopers, but there's you know only so many generals and so many admirals in in the fleet. So if you start you know messing with some of those, you're gonna have some long term consequences. Uh, I I think that's you know Vader is Palpatine's apprentice, and they're the two Sith, and it's you know it's a powerful dynamic in the galaxy. But I think Palpatine really has Vader's just another tool in his toolbox. He's got you know he's got Tarkin, he's got the Empire, he's got the fleet, he's got the Death Star. He's got uh, Thrawn, uh, but all these are just different tools that, you know, he'll pull out one for whatever the situation calls for. You know, Vader's not the person to to keep control over the Outer Rim, but Tarkin is. And I think, yeah, he's just he's just a means to the end, honestly, for for the for Palpatine and his visions. Yeah, I just suddenly had the thought that, you know, if Darth Vader, like, had seduced Luke and together they had ruled the galaxy as father and son, that empire would not have lasted. Darth Vader is not an emperor. No, I, but that, I, I mean, that's where Luke, that's where Luke could have come in. I mean, you know, we never know. And I'd love to have a I have a what if, you know, alternate universe sort of sort of scenario where that where that occurs. But that you were absolutely right, is that his character cannot be 
the 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 person at the at the apex of the pyramid as you, uh, using your analogy from earlier so that's that would be a fascinating story to story to see so let me go let me tell you guys about this great book called dark empire <laughs> <laughs> where's our uh where's our reference for the night I'm, uh, not me oh I'm actually i i actually do naked. have one I'm not can i okay so i was reading <laughs> shadows of the empire and they were talking i, I kid you not about naked vader and i'm not even making this up they were saying that he was like naked in his like uh you know meditation chamber how he survived i have no idea this was nuts it was like it was like they were trying to one-up naked palpatine and honestly i don't know which one came first but you know the joke will remain with palpatine always and and is this the novel or is this Uh, this was the novel yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't see that. Really? They, they didn't put that on art. They didn't ink no, that. No, thank goodness, because I, yeah, I don't, I don't need to see it. <laughs> it's been twenty years since I've read that novel, but I do not remember that part of the, the that part of the novel. So I'm going to be excited when I when I go back and reread that. Yeah, I think Dark Empire came first because it was uh, in the like ninety two, ninety one, ninety two for Dark Empire and Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, it was like I mean it's in sixty four era, so it's like ninety six at the earliest. So. Nice. Yeah, the the novel came out in depending on when depending on when the 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 publishing date is, but bet- like mid nineteen ninety six into the beginning part of nineteen ninety seven. So, okay. so since we're kind of on a fun topic here, I think I do a good amount of this. But whenever you're reading Darth Vader's dialogue, do you hear James Earl Jones? Yeah, I think I do. As opposed to Hayden Christensen, or <laughs> like, do you, like do you when you're reading it, do you actually like take the time to try to put you know James Earl Jones dulcet tones into like the the dialogue there? I feel like I do that pretty often for some of his shorter ones, but sometimes some dialogue that he says like in the when he's like paragraphing itself out, sometimes it doesn't really flow terribly well. I can see that. Like, yes, like I feel like sometimes the the people who are writing Vader. I'm not saying they're doing a bad job, but they aren't, I don't think they are thinking in, you know, how Vader would actually, like, sound saying some of these things. James Earl Jones' Vader is a man of few words, not paragraphs. Exactly. And they stick to that mostly in the comics, but there are a few times where it's like, he strings, like, two sentences together, like, oh, he's talking too much. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um... And one other thing before we talk, move on to like another section here is we've kind of talked about how much Vader has gotten screen time in these comics. I think he's definitely the one who's seen the biggest glow up as characters go in Star Wars. Like we, he was really good in the movies, but now he's even better because we expand so much more on him in the expanded universe. Is there any other character like on that level, like who has been so much more improved by their presence in comics and extended media in the you know, the whole of Star Wars. Caleb, I'm so disappointed in you. Absolutely, there is. And his name is Lobot. Oh, uh, yeah, that's Lobot, a good one. Yes. Lobot is a... Yeah. A, Lobot is nothing in the movie. He's a weird-looking kind of creepy <laughs> dude that, He like, doesn't even say the name. Point Like, points at his wrist and does some stuff, and his head glows a few times, and it's kind of creepy and weird. And then, Lo, like, Lando made me care about Lobot, which shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there is someone mm-hmm. better. <laughs> I stand corrected. And yeah, yeah, examples? I can't. I can't. 
No, I, I yield the floor to Jacob and his amazing counterpoint. Yeah, there. I mean, that is a great point, and I 100% agree. I Now, you know, I could kind of make a case for Leia, I think. Not that she that was my not that she wasn't great in the movies, right? Like she was fantastic in the movies. But when I'm thinking about awesome characters that are like iconic in expanded universe material, like Vader is, like Boba Fett is, like I think of Leia immediately. She's kick ass in the comics, mm-hmm. and she has a very strong lineup of of content in books. So I, I think I could probably make a case for Leia too. But she's already had like awesome. Uh, um, content from movies so i don't know if that disqualifies her like that's that's why i didn't mention her is because she already had so much great character building in and 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 a a foundation from the movies but i would 100 percent agree as as the 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 character who has seen the most used been most efficient with their extended screen time uh in the comics i I would i would definitely say is leia yeah leia definitely i think like you see so many different facets yeah. of her like you know, you definitely see her more adventurous side you know going out on you know individual adventures herself but you also see her as like a leader and an organizer and like a promoter in this whole system so you get a much better feel of that than you did in the movies um you know you know not to get off too far off topic but it's almost like the more we see of han han solo outside of comics the worse and worse han solo gets it's like man this guy's just He's not really all that good at his job, is he? Yeah, you definitely see how clumsy Han is uh, yeah, in the comics, for sure. All right. So, um, you know, let's start trying to land this plane here. So we talk about, you know, future opportunities here. Like, I put some questions here. Like, are there any sorts of stories we want to see Vader explore more in the future? Like, you know, we've seen him, like, doing some, like, court drama and, like, Civil War stuff. We've seen him, you know, stranded and alone hunting down Jedi like what are some areas that you'd like to see Darth Vader used at in future series man I would love to see a sort of buddy cop thing with Vader and with someone that maybe we wouldn't expect him to work with maybe like maybe like Boba Fett maybe they they go on an adventure together or something like that because you know it kind of seems like they have a little bit of animosity in the Empire Strikes Back, you know, like no disintegrations. Like, yeah, there's a story there for sure, and and maybe they mm-hmm. like go out together on this uh, uh, sort of mission to try to capture somebody, and it goes wrong, and Boba Fett disintegrates him, and that's where the joke comes from. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of thinking like a like a buddy cop thing where Vader's paired with someone that he really, really uh, uh, that is also evil. Uh, or morally gray. And of course, I mean, I guess this has already kind of happened with Dr. Afra, but I- I'm thinking in, in a sort of like one shot, like do a mission, get it done, and all sorts of wacky things ensue. Nice. Yeah, that could be really fun. I don't think we've seen this, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I would like to see a canonized version of what we got in the force unleashed in that mm-hmm. he is a con he had he has a confident lackey to do his bidding that somebody like like afra kind of is, is sort of behind the scenes and 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 everything but but and and is isn't as powerful i would like to see something along those lines to where 
maybe it's a maybe it's a you know uh, an apprentice. Maybe it's just somebody you know who's raw, uh, and and he just maximize you know takes takes care of of their natural affinity for the force to kind of do his bidding and, and, and things like that. But, but something like that, that's more that, that is, is canonized uh, of, of that to where he is go do this for me and, and, you know, don't hold anything back. Absolutely. Jacob, anything on your side? Uh, so the quick and easy one is um, I, I definitely need something to follow up the uh, last volume of Darth Vader 2020. Yeah, I, I, mm. that needs to go somewhere for me. Uh, but the thing I really, I, I really think I want, just like off the top of my head, is this is this would have to be like an Elseworlds type story. Was I don't did any of you guys play the Revenge of the Sith like uh, PS2 game? Yes. Yeah, it's yes. like sitting somewhere on my there. Head. There's an alternate ending where Anakin kills Obi Wan in the duel, and then goes and kills the Emperor, and then claims the galaxy as his own. So kind of like what you were saying, if 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 Vader was the ruler, and it's super cool. I mean, it's it's yeah, that one. It's like I mean, it's like just like nerdy stuff, like. But there's like a there's like you could also do that in Lego Star Wars. There's a concept art of his like Darth Vader armor if you know he was not chopped to bits, uh, and mm. it's like basically it's more yeah very samurai inspired. So I would love to see something like that, like a four or six any issue miniseries of what the galaxy looks like under Vader. And, and I mean, there's even fewer Jedi to stop him at this point because. Obi-Wan's gone it's literally would just be Yoda and then all the other you know B characters that survive so I I think that'd be kind of interesting to see where that goes I again I don't I agree I don't think he has the political strength to to hold the galaxy um and that strongly but I, I I'd be interested to see where that would go yeah this is going to sound really weird but I think it'd be very interesting to see Darth Vader have an interaction or a story with Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> you gotta elaborate on yeah. that. You, can, you, you gotta you, you well, gotta, you gotta want, talk I, about like you know. You obviously can think of the comedic aspect, but also remember this was one of Anakin's like old friends. This is someone he met on his like first adventure out of his you know desert town of Tatooine, and someone that knew him and knew Padme. And like, how would he interact with someone like so clumsy and so like? inept as Jar Jar Binks but also like like he would have to like survive that like we couldn't you couldn't just kill Senator Binks like straight up (laughs) it'd be I think that'd be like a weird dynamic of like having him flash back to like his innocent youth as it were yeah that (laughs) so you want you want a whole title around that or do you want a tight or do you want a title that focuses on Jar Jar and then like runs into Darth Vader for like an, an issue or two why not? We should have a Jar Jar mainline series. What's the worst that could happen there? <laughs> oh, I'd have to. I think I'd have to delete Twitter. Yeah, there's some there's some interesting ideas flowing back and forth here. I could definitely get on board with like, uh, you know, a little side trip to see um, Jar Jar, uh, for sure. Like, because Vader would have zero patience for him. But then again, I wonder if that would bring out. You know, sometimes we see when Vader like see something from his past it kind of brings out like some emotions in him and like a sort of soft spot in a way i wonder if jar jar would have that same effect exactly you know this was like one of his dear friends growing up and you know like he didn't outright murder all the amadalians in uh, 2020 so like maybe he would 
find like some form of like weird humor of being around Jar Jar again. B Nasty is in the chat and says a post Vader immortal story of him going on a treasure hunt for a way to resurrect Padme. That's I I I, I would you've got me intrigued there. Ooh, kind of like a like a, a hunt for the Horcrux sort of thing. Get all the things together. I because the dark side is a pathway to many abilities. Some would consider unnatural. <laughs> there you go. I think uh, yeah, that's a great uh, that's a, that's a yeah. great uh, potential story there. I mean, you get little flavors of that in the in the uh, Vader's like the was it the Dark Fort whatever the Souls Vader Castle, not the Vader Castle. Yeah. But it, oh, but Tales yeah, from that, Vader's that, Castle. That yeah. Run of, not no no oh. sorry not that but the just no the, the like, fourth the fourth arc uh, of 2017 oh. the one where yeah, Moment talking about yeah I mean he's yeah the last arc with Darth Morden Moment yeah Moment <laughs> Darth Morden <laughs> so he needs to Photoshop <laughs> uh, uh, Morden into like a like a hood and with a right red lightsaber I'll, 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 yeah I'll I'll post it Fortress in, Vader uh, I'll post it in our Discord after please the show. do I need like it <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah Fortress Fort- Vader that's what Fort- I'm looking for Fortress Vader. Yeah, you yeah. Get, a little, get a little hints of that in in there, and I think, I think the twenty twenty the first issue or the first arc of twenty twenty kind of explores his mentality of like putting that past to bed more or less. I mean, I think he's not quite at peace, but he at least is ex- more accepting of everything that went wrong in his place in life with Padme. But you know definitely i think I, I i there's definitely a cool story to go there you know and obviously that would that would leave a very um obvious or very easy way to bring in dr afra for that and of course we're never going to turn down dr afra content precisely absolutely not well i think i i think what we've really yeah i think and i think what we've really the the main main takeaway from from tonight's show is even though we've gotten as much darth vader as we have there's still more that we can do and there's still more that we want to see. So um, to answer the, the question that, that you asked at the beginning of the, at the top of the, uh, of the conversation, Caleb, um, do we have too much? Absolutely not. And, and there's always more. We can always have more Vader because Vader's just awesome. So mm-hmm. uh, that's so we have a, a couple of uh, reminder. We have one reminder here, one n- little uh, news piece of news here for the, for the show. Uh, next week, we are actually going to be going live one hour later, and that's so that's going to be at nine p.m. Eastern time, and that is because our crossover event with Legends Look Back. We're getting in on the crossover event uh, things our, our, ourselves uh, where we talk Star Wars Shadows of the Empire will be next week with uh, special guest Jared. So uh, next week, uh, instead of an 8 p.m. show, it will be a 9 p.m. show and we will be discussing Shadows of the Empire. Um, fascinating title. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading more of it. I know, Emma, you talked about how, how much you're... you're uh, of an experience. It. You're reading it. True, yeah. Yes. yeah. How much of an experience this has been for you? So uh, we encourage you all. And I was going to say, Jacob, if you could pull up, uh, which you were already doing because you're an amazing producer, um, the the comics for, for so from our perspective, from the comics Cosmic Force perspective, the the two comics that you want to read are uh, Shadows of the Empire and Shadows of the Empire Evolution. Uh, those are both available in uh, on Comicsology and in, in the Marvel Unlimited app. I've I've checked those myself. Um, one of them is six six books. The other is five books. I don't remember which one is which, but 
Um, it's not a huge, uh, you know, undertaking, uh, you know, 11, 11 stories or 11 books that, that you'll have to read if you want to be a part of the conversation next week. Uh, and we encourage you to do so because it's going to it's going to be fun. There's 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 a lot of things. Uh, Emma, I think Star Wars lore in the mid 90s is a lot different than what we what we are, what we have now. You it say? really is. And, and I think that the interesting thing about doing it this crossover right now is that it takes place at the same time and kind of the same general storyline as right. war of the bounty hunters so it's been a very interesting and You're surreal experience to to be reading that right now a, a lot of yeah, deja very vu much. a lot of deja yeah, vu for sure. yeah and if you want to if you want to pick those up the links for those are in the description uh, i i went ahead and linked the omnibus version which also includes uh like a mara jade miniseries if you're if you're into that and i have links for both amazon and comiXology uh whatever you prefer so you can go ahead and grab those and support the show a little bit so yes jared will be on our show next week um but also some of us are going to legends look back the day after right yes that's correct yes Yes, we are we are both crossing over yes Perfect. So catch us live here and next there next week, Wednesdays and Thursdays. Yes, support the show. Read up on some great, well, some some legends, <laughs> some legends content. I don't necessarily know if I want to use the word great until I finish reading all of that. Uh, and 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 be sure to ch- to join us next week uh, at nine o'clock Eastern time, right here on YouTube. Uh, but until then, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Cosmic Force. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and right here on YouTube. So that way you can know when we are going live and when new shows drop on in, in your podcast feeds. We go live normally every night, every Wednesday night here at 8 p.m. on YouTube. Um, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, it will help news listeners find the show. And we always appreciate all of the positive f- uh, feedback and, and, and emotions you guys give us. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. Thank you from from, from all of us. Uh, be sure to visit utini.com for reviews, articles, and news for the entire expanded universe. Uh, we also encourage you to join our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash discord. If you like uh, to help support the show, you can find us on patreon.com slash utini and start receiving exclusive perks for starting at just five dollars a month uh we want to send a special shout out to cheryl bell patrick ortiz and carl sanders on our jedi high council and elizabeth cloutier jason mitchell freddie c and sally and chris eilerson on our alliance high command patron levels thank you thank you thank you for your continued and amazing support you can tweet the show at Cosmic Force Show, or each of us hosts individually. I'm at Ty Rags. Emma is at Irma Jedi 26. Caleb is at Caleb Laminick, and Jacob is at Jacob Bosch. Uh, thank you again to all of my hosts, uh, co-hosts here tonight. Thank you for all of you joining us in the chat tonight live, and thank you to all of you who are listening to us wherever and whenever you are listening. Um, we truly appreciate everything that you do, and we look forward to joining, having you join us again next week. But until then, uh, may the Force be with you. 